Finding this podcast magical? Why not toss a coin to your Witches and a Druid podcast through the Acast supporter feature? It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to show your support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Canadian podcast about paganism in today's modern society. And now, Three Witches and a Druid Podcast presents... The Thieves of Dagdad. And did those feet in ancient times walk upon England's mountains green? Was the holy Lamb of God in England's pleasant pasture seen? divine shine forth on a clouded hill was Jerusalem built there in England's green and pleasant land let it rain let it rain wash the scales from my eyes let it rain let it rain let me see again Bring me my bow of burning gold Bring me my arrows of desire I shall not sleep till the clouds unfold Bring me my chariot of fire Let it rain, let it rain Tears of blood fall out of the sky Let it rain, let it rain Wash me clean again from the frozen waters, the king will rise again with two suns in the sky. I shall not cease from mental fight, nor shall my sword sleep in my hand till we have built Jerusalem in England's green and pleasant land. Let it rain, let it rain 
sky Let it rain, let it rain Set me free again See the gleaming spars of the citadel The king and queen will dwell Welcome back to Three Witches and a Druid. We are still on Zoom at this point here in Nova Scotia. And we are talking about our experiences in daily lives living as pagans. And tonight's topic is resources for either people curious about paganism, new people to the pagan path, possibly some resources for even people that have been walking the path for a long time. My name is Margot. And I am Maeve. Gwen. And I'm Brian. So it's funny you say that because Maeve here has just mentioned a book I've never heard of, but the rest of you know quite well. So <laughs> this episode is mostly, it, it's about resources that we have found useful as we've walked our paths through life. They could be 
like you said, good for people new to this who are curious or people who've been around for as long as any of us. So maybe the first section we could talk about is other podcasts. Are there any other like witchy or druid or pagan podcasts you guys enjoy? I have a few. I've surveyed a number and I keep hearing about other ones. So I have a lot to do. There's a few that I do listen to, but then I end up going to history, mythology and, you know, philosophy ones that support my practice, but maybe are not pagan in origin, but they're pagan adjacent. And I really feel that they fill out my practice. But I do love and I'm not a chaos magician, but I do love Rune Soup. And I would recommend that to a number of people. It's a podcast out of Tasmania now, and he is on a permaculture farm, and he's been a chaos magician and interesting dude for a while. And I don't always agree, but I (laughs) recognize brilliance when I see it. I'm always happy to learn. He always has interesting people on there. So that's a specifically pagan one. We were talking, I remember when we started this, like, what, six months ago, seven months ago, whatever it was, about Canadian ones. And I really went on a hunt. And I don't know how I missed that The Fat Feminist Witch, which is a, you know, massively popular one, was a girl out of Windsor. (laughs) So Windsor, Ontario, not Windsor, Nova Scotia. And she's, you know, she's fabulous. I'm not her target audience. I think I'm a little old, but I can still appreciate. And if I want to know how a millennial feels about certain pagan issues or whatever, and I think I'm missing what's going on in the world. If I tune into what she's saying, if I search her extensive catalog, because she's been doing this for several years now, I can go, oh, okay, I see. I get it. She's very articulate and thoughtful, but very entertaining. So those are two specifically pagans ones. I, like I say, I listen to Myths and Legends, which is a very fun one, a retelling of, you know, stories we all know and love and weird studies, which is a arts and philosophy one, but coming at it from the weird angle. Again, two Canadians, one, one living in the States. Interesting dudes. So I have an sort of an extensive list history of Western esotericism. And I have a Tara One Fortune's Wheelhouse that I listen to to round out that practice. But yeah, I used to spend a lot of time on the road pre-pandemic. And that's where on my long drives. Now it's basically while I housekeep. I often have, I'll have the podcast running the way I used to story CBC radio. Yeah. yeah. In my younger years, and you know, now I listen to pagan and pagan friendly podcast while I go about my day. <laughs> I think you covered them all. When? <laughs> oh gosh, there are so many podcasts. I know there are. There are there's a lot. And so many good ones that I couldn't possibly couldn't possibly even try them all. Brian keeps suggesting a few that I haven't got to yet. Well the thing is too, when you say that, that is the beautiful thing about right now as compared to 30 years ago, Mm -hmm. you know, 35 years ago when I was beginning out, there just was nothing. I mean, even to find something in your one, you had one book you found and that's the only book you had for five years. I agree. Yeah. Now there's podcasts, there's internet, there's books, there's just so many wonderful things. Now it's overwhelming. And what's the good advice and what's the bad advice, you know, at the same time. Right. But it is a very fortunate thing. I know when uh, Witching Hours started back in 91, and that was like the only sort of 
anything you would hear. There was no internet, you know, here on the radio. It's really nice today to be able to have all that. Pick and choose. Right. And choosing is a really nice thing. So does Maeve and Margot have any podcasts you guys listen to? or I don't know as I have any pagan ones that I listen to. The ones I enjoy yet aren't really pagan focused or anything so well similar to Gwen my time is very much consumed with podcasts at the moment so I have quite a huge list the two most well-known druid ones the most well-known druid one of all podcasts is called druid cast and it's out of England it is done by Dav the Bard from Obad pretty much any druid I know is heard of druid cast it's just well known the adf equivalent to druid cast would be a podcast called druids and cars going to festivals ah yes it's two druids in the states often driving the festivals and they're talking in the car about various druidy type topics they're both ordained priests so there's anything from how many more funerals are covering than they ever expected to worship in homes and running their groves, etc., etc. So they're really good. Some of the other podcasts I've been listening to in a pagan sense is um, Down at the Crossroads is very good. It only comes out, I think, every two months or about two hours. It's a very good one. I also listen to Rune Soup. Coffee and Cauldrons is another one I listen to. It's very witchy, but it's good. And the new ADF one is called Triskily. Uh, it's done by a couple of members of the Mother Grove, which is good. In the show notes for this, I'll link all of these resources. Yeah. Oh, great. So you don't have to go Googling anything. That'd be amazing. Yeah. I tend to look more, I would use YouTube. Like if I come across something oftentimes, might be a podcast, but I use YouTube as opposed to specifically. I enjoy a lot of historical thing, you know, mythology and modern day things I enjoy too. But, you know, I, I just, I don't think about podcasts that often, I guess, because I'm so, no, gosh, what do you mean? I'm using the computer? No, you know, or my phone. But no, but some of them, I have I have listened to a couple of these. Yes, indeed. It's yes. funny you say that because Karen's a big podcast listener. And I asked her, well, what do you use to listen to podcasts? She uses YouTube. Yeah. The amount of people that use YouTube to listen to podcasts, I think, is mind-blowing. Yeah, we're on YouTube. Yeah, we are. So... It only makes sense. The viewers on there, they're not as much as a, a podcast listener, but they're up there. Yeah, because I tend to use YouTube to find anything that might strike my fancy. Yeah. So that that's what I do. So the next thing I have listed here is blogs. Are there any blogs you guys enjoy? So I sign up to, and I know you do the same, Pathos and Wild Hunt, and they do a curated list of blogs that they dump in your email. And I love John Beckett. I've followed him for a year. Yeah. That's uh, American Druid, and he's thoughtful and interesting and quirky, and I really enjoy his writing. Our own Nova Scotian, Cindy Brannan. She was at Pathios, but she's gone on to bigger and better. But you can find her blog stuff, which is witchy and Hecatean and very well written at her website, which is Keeping Her Keys. So she's like a, a local person for us. And she's, you know, got some worldwide renown, but she, it's well deserved. But I often will just kind of skim through. I have my favorite writers at Pathios or at Wild Hunt. Yeah. But I'll skim through what they send me and... You know, some are better than others, but I, I, it kind of keeps you up with what's going on in in pagan thought by the people yeah. who are thinking. Yeah. 
So unlike podcasts, blogs for me is like a one-time check sort of thing. Some of the blogs I definitely check out are Philip Cargom. Mm. From the UK, he was a uh, art steward of Obad for a while, as well as Dov the Bard's blog. Dov the Bard is probably the most charismatic person you'll ever meet on the internet. His blog is excellent. I'll link it in below. And a little bit of self-promotion. The Grove of Nova Scotia Druids has a blog uh, that's, I, I, I think we keep it up to date pretty well, but once a week, various points of views from members of our Grove. I read it. Awesome. Great. Excellent. <laughs> Next on my list was online communities. So in this sense, I sort of listed things such as ADF, of course, and OBOD as really strong Druid communities. There must be stuff like that in in the witching world. There's the Temple of Witchcraft. Yeah, that's quite a strong online community. I know people who are involved in that and seem to be very dedicated to it and get a lot out of it. Yeah. I've never heard anybody with Temple of Witchcraft go, no, I don't like this. Oh, yeah. never. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. they all really like it and they really, any of the training that goes on, they're all very, very pleased. At some point, yeah. we'll uh, rope some of the Nova Scotia ones into an interview or something. I think that would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We know plenty of people. Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. I, again, I'll blow Cindy Brannon's horn. So her keepingherkeys.com, you can go to the website. She operates a community out of an app. I was part of it for a while, mostly because everything she has, like I felt like there was value in it and I paid my monthly subscription and I could never keep up because I have a challenging life the last few years with all of the output that the community put out and it was, you know, really well curated and everything. And they literally kicked me out and said, we don't want your money anymore because I didn't participate enough. Oh, wow. If they don't feel you're getting value from the community, they're like, oh, you know, come back later when you are sort of thing. And I was like, fair enough. I want to support a local person and be able to drop in and out and grab resources as I needed. But I was not, I was not actually, I guess, being enough of a community member, they felt that I wasn't getting my money's worth. So they were like, that's actually really big of them instead of just taking your money and not caring. You know, my nine bucks or whatever it was come automatically out of my bank account once a month. That was money well spent. And that was sort of, I'm a big GoFundMe for a local project. I like to see local people. I'll throw my money at anything to support the people in the community around me. But, you know, I appreciate that. I could see myself rejoining at a later time when I, when I have time in my life for that type of thing. Yeah. Right. That's one I could, again, like, I would recommend heartily trying to think of some others, but there are quite a few and, and as many shades of paganism as there are, there's a community out there for you online. Oh yeah. I can't tell you the amount of communities I'm in right now on Facebook. I'm pretty positive. I only use Facebook at this point for pagan communities. I'm part of the Maritime Pagan Community, the Halifax Pagan Community, the Cape Breton Pagan Community, the Valley Pagan Community, the South Shore <laughs> Pagan Community, the Druid Nemeton, one, two, three, four, five, and six, all the ADF groups, probably eight or nine OBOD groups. And the, the other website that's really good for that sort of thing is Reddit. If you type Reddit and pick a path, there's a community on there somewhere for you. Really? Yeah. Now, Reddit can be a pretty toxic place, but if you can find a good community, be happy. That's interesting. See, now all of that's Greek to me. Yeah. 
Oh, I do know that, you know, Maritime Pagans and all that I have on my Facebook. And uh, there's a couple, you know, that send nifty things and, you know, talk about stuff. But that's really all Greek to me. I'm an old-fashioned, on-paper kind of girl. So we shouldn't get into uh, TikTok witches then. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you know what has become popular on TikTok? And my kid is rolling her eyes because she's known this since she was five years old. The people who are putting their thing out in TikTok, they say where their sun, their moon, and their rising are. (laughs) Astrology. No has become very popular on TikTok. Yeah. And people talking, well, I have this in my moon. And so I did this today on and on. And I'm like, really? <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Now, it's funny, though, because communities like that, like I'm on TikTok mostly just for just giggles. That can be a relatively toxic community. That's where you got the whole uh, cursing the moon and Bay magic and I don't know if you guys knew anything about that or remember any of that. Yeah, I, I remember the brouhaha about it anyway. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's where all that came from. On TikTok, the plethora of gurus is insane. If you pay me five dollars a month, I will teach you the ways of, <laughs> of Scott Cunningham, who you've never heard of, but I'm going to tell you everything from his book. Yes. That, that I can get at the library. Eh? Yeah, exactly. That's it. Because talking about resources, and yes, it's written back in the 90s, probably late 90s and whatnot, but you can never go wrong with a Scott Cunningham book. The good old guide for the solitary practitioner, if you're starting out, you can't go wrong. And all of his books on elements and this and that, you really can't go wrong. If you're an old-fashioned in-paper kind of person like me, and it has been a few years, you can't go wrong there. That's a great segue into the next section. Books. (laughs) Books I'm sure you guys can talk about. (laughs) one thing i was going to mention like even used books and used bookstores one of my favorite resources when i used to come and join mave on the radio show was the magical almanac oh yes and it didn't matter what year it was like i had a collection of probably 15 years worth of magical almanacs no matter what topic the radio show was going to be on, you could find two or three spells in your books or two or three little interesting stories or something. They're, they're just little one and two page bite-sized pieces of information, mythology, historical fact. It is a great, and if you buy the yearly one, it has the astro weather in the middle. Yeah. What, where the moon is, where this is, where that. So it is great. Oh, yeah, you don't throw those out. They're wonderful little books. I think I actually gave those all to Gwen for one of the prison libraries because yes. mine are all gone. Yeah. Yes, you did. You donated them. That's really, really good. Now, though I always knew the principles, you know, without necessarily knowing the names of them, but I finally have sat down and read the, however you want to say it, the Cabellian. It's uh, a book of Hermetic philosophy written by three initials and i'm gonna tell you when the days come that i may be teaching again i'm gonna tell people you gotta read this it is great just the basic principles it was written long before quantum physics became you know a common topic it was a common science to be studied and that's really really good you know and we were talking about temple of witchcraft if you are interested in learning energy work and you're not quite sure you want a really great step-by-step you can even get the cds to go with it 
And that's The Inner Temple of Witchcraft by Chris Penzak. That is a marvelous book to start to learn about energy work. I re- That's a really, really great one. And he has a fabulous voice on the CDs as well. I mean, there's a lot of, we used to have a lot of different meditation CDs at Little Mysteries. And some of them, the voice was just, I cannot do it. I cannot do it. But I tell you, Christopher Penzak's voice is wonderful. Yeah, you're listening. You're listening to him. But he has a whole series of books that are lovely. But just as a beginner, and truthfully, this book, you wouldn't even have to be a pagan to use it. No, exactly. It's very, very good. And never discount, as Gwen was saying earlier, your public library. A lot of times, it, especially a lot of these things, I mean, they cost some of these books and CDs are quite expensive. There's no doubt, no doubt about it. I mean, look in your public library. If you're in a place where there's more than one library in your town and they share, go online to your public library and, you know, keyword, maybe you want tarot, maybe you want, you know, spells or witches or this or druid, whatever the case might be, you'd be very surprised what you can find. Excellent. Yeah. And the public library, you know, just get it back on time. Heck, the Halifax Public Library doesn't even have late fees anymore. No. So it's, I don't know, they're going to go broke. <laughs> 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 I alone used to give them a lot of <laughs> I would forget. But no, the public library is uh, a really, really great place. And even a magical almanac. I mean, you don't even have to order that special. A lot of just local bookstores have that. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing about something like magical almanac, I'm really glad you brought that up. I hadn't thought of that one. Is it has little snippets from all kinds of different traditions. Yeah. And different cultures and all of that. Because then you might say, oh, this was an interesting, but this really spoke to me. So then you can start looking more down the rabbit hole. Well, you know, I thought maybe I liked, you know, Celtic paganism, but, you know, this Egyptian really interests me even more. And don't get discouraged. I will say this to people. If you don't find something that really, really resonates with you immediately, just keep looking. And I mean, truthfully, too, that one of the best teachers is nature. Learn how to meditate and quiet your mind and go outside. But, you know, that's it. Anyone can have that resource. Any other books you can think of, anybody? So for in Druidry, two of the more recommended books is Druid Craft, Magic for Wicca and Druidry by Philip Cargon. The other one is a Druid Handbook. Spiritual Practices Rooted in the Living Earth by John Michael Greer. A lot of uh, modern-day druids read that one. It's very good. Next on my list, and I know him personally, so it's a little different. I really enjoyed The Mysteries of Druidry, Celtic Mysticism, and Theory Practice by Brendan Kathbed Myers. Yeah. I tell everybody this. I feel like I should be getting money for recommending this book. <laughs> the book that turned me on to paganism was The Sacred Balance by David Suzuki. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, every page in that book is pagan theory and practice. It is. It's it's excellent. A book I was a little surprised by, and I picked it up on an audio book, and it's on the list of recommended reading for one of the training programs through Cherry Hill Seminary and ADF is The Complete Idiot's Guide to Paganism. And I realized nobody had really done any book reviews about it, but I, I had it, so I listened. It was shockingly really good. It involved a lot of topics. Uh, it covered a lot of things. It's a little dated. You probably could skip the last two chapters because they talk about like 
Yahoo groups and email lists. But <laughs> yeah. For somebody brand new to this, it was actually a really good book. The Idiot's Guide to Astrology is excellent as well. Oh. Very comprehensive. It's broken down really well. The Idiot's Guide to Gnostics. Not in the Gnostic Gospels is bad either. Try a lot of things. That is also something I would tell people is read a little bit about this. Read a little bit about that. It, it, it's always good to try. The other it, book I always recommend, similar to Sacred Balance, is called The Hidden Life of Trees oh. by Peter Wolben. Oh, yes. That whole series of books is yes. excellent. I have to say, Brian... I don't want to say it changed my life, but it changed my relationship with the natural world because I identified as an animist, but I had a very academic understanding of it. Even though I've been a camper from, you know, my parents had this relationship with nature and it was very important and we did it up back to the land sort of thing. And Dave and I, even still, that whole relationship with nature was almost about regarding animism was a theoretical, although I loved it and I invested myself in nature and all those sorts of things. It was still that theoretical. So I, you know, I'd read books like Emma Restel Orr's The Wakeful World and and all of those books about animism. And I understood it on a really theoretical level. But he writes in such a conversational way and has these stories backed by science that changed my relationship like it changed what I planted in my backyard because I can't plant one apple tree anymore. That's cruel. Yeah. I would never do that now that I understand that they need that relationship with another apple tree. I have my poor specimen magnolia out there, but I, I love it to death and I hope that <laughs> suffices. I was planted years before I, I read that book, but I wouldn't have said I was a theoretical animist until I read that book and it changed my relationship with the world. Yeah. I think I have the whole the whole series, The Inner Life of Animals, The Secret Wisdom of Nature, and they're all excellent. Right. I need to expand my reading to those as well then, because what The Hidden Life of Trees did for me was amazing. So I did read it. It was wonderful. It was a wonderful book. Do you have any recommendations, Margo? I think the magical almanacs for the, the little bite-sized pieces of information that are easy to digest. And like I say, if you're in a bookstore and you find 1997s, buy it for 25 cents or... That's a, like a Llewellyn, right, or something? It was Llewellyn? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it's many, many different authors yeah. from many different places. And it's also a way you might find an author you like yes. as well. If you, if you read an article by somebody that you think, well, I don't really care for their writing style, then you know not to buy one of their books. But if you read another article that you really like by someone, I'm sort of thinking back to when I first started doing more pagan reading and research and stuff that it was amazing. I remember noticing like in television shows and movies and things that were not necessarily presented as pagan, thinking, do they realize that they're, you know, talking about the elements here and, you know, how many things in our pop culture are based on a lot of these philosophies? Yeah. Yeah. If you're ever, you know, around, you know, much older people who, you know, farmers and this and that who would be mighty insulted if you said, oh, you're a pagan, they would freak out, you know. Yeah. But they just the way they live and, and yes. references yeah. and all their of that relationship to the world. Yes. Yeah. Relationship to the world. 
it's so very interesting to see. The last category we, we kind of skipped, but it's okay. News sources. There's only really two around the wild hunt. It's a bit more of an activist news site. You get a lot of world news that involve paganism in that on the wild hunt. Yeah. And the other one is Patios, which is almost more of a collection of articles from various pagan writers. I like Patios. Uh, I'm a subscriber. Yeah, I am as well. I also, I think along the lines of Patios, they have a similar setup, but it's called BeliefNet. Okay. And like Patios, it's a wide range of um, belief systems, and they have a lot of blogs. I'm more of a Patheos girl. But the one thing they have at beliefnet.com, which is very cool, I encourage everybody to go give it a try, is they have a quiz. And it is long. So you got to be prepared to sit probably 10 minutes. And they ask you questions about your relationship with deity and the world and how you see your cosmology and how you see the world. And then along with answering this yes or no or whatever, then you also have to rate it on a scale. Every question is, how important is this to me? Is it really important? Is it not so important? So then it not just it's a yes or no, but it's also a how much value does it have in my belief system? At the end of it, it gives you this printout, which shows you maybe 30 different world religions and where you line up. And so, of course, you know, pagan is is top. But then, you know, there's multiple kinds of Buddhism, which showed up in different areas. I was surprised, you know, I've taken it in different times of my life. And as my life, I've had less control over my life. Taoism has become higher up in the rankings of my beliefs because I have to go with the flow, right? I have zero control over the way the world is buffeting me right now. So I have to learn how to go with the current sort of thing. It's funny how that changes. I know um, my son did it in his early 20s, my eldest. And I thought, you know, raised in a pagan household his whole life. And Pagan was there. He came up Liberal Quaker. Wow. Liberal Quaker is actually, I did one of those years ago. And Liberal Quaker was in my top five. Yeah, he, that was his number yeah. one. And I was, I was shocked. But it also explains there are religions that you maybe are not so familiar with. So you learn, oh, there's these commonalities among these top five religions, you know, and it gives you a percentage. Like you're dead on with this one. You're so-so with this one. You know, you're 70% in belief whatever is fascinating and it was and it's always interesting like if you did a check-in every decade to see where you are in your relationship with community and deity sort of thing that's kind of like the way the book the way of the peaceful warrior i think that's a book you could read every decade and see what you saw differently in it when you were 20 when you were 30 when you were 40 60 70 whatever the case might be that's another one you could do that looking at it different i think you could you're right do you remember when the movie came out janet it was you dave and i in an empty theater <laughs> we went to see the cinematic whatever and we we're all excited and we i think we literally went early to line up because we were sure that it was going to be packed and there was three of us in this big open theater. Yeah, it, was it was terrible. Yeah, it was crazy. It was, it was, mind you, I'd go to anything well, in the theater right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right, eh? I'm sure you can find it for free on YouTube. Oh, but yes. the book is better, as always. But Nick Nolte was fun. Well, that's all our categories. Anything anyone else can think of. Just 
look around, keep searching, and, and be open to listening to other things. Resources. Your local witchy shop. Esoteric yeah, shop, witchy shop, new age shop. They all have bulletin boards. They all, I say all, but you know, the sweeping generalizations always catch you up. You trip over them. But the people I know that start them want to foster community. And they see themselves as a place where community can connect. So they're very supportive. They pass along things. If you have a group that you want to grow, you let them know and they they send people to you. Or if you're interested in finding a teacher or whatever, found one of the mentors that meant quite a lot to me for almost two decades through Little Mysteries. So I think if, if you've got that resource of a witchy, esoteric, pagan shop, community is usually part of their mission statement. So that's a resource. For sure. Yeah. That's a really good resource. Yes, indeed. We have the Neighborhood Witch in Halifax. Mm -hmm. Silver Birch Connections is out Timberley, St. Margaret's Bay kind of way. This is Into the Mystic over in Coal Harbor. Yep. So we have a few. There's one in Truro, too. What's it called? Oh, Calling Corners. Yes, that's a nice little place. Very nice little place. Yeah. Yeah, Calling Corners. Calling Corners, yeah. Yeah. And down in the Annapolis Valley, uh, Nan's Rock Shop. Uh, there's Realm as well. Yep. What, what did you say, Rock Shop? Nan's Rock Shop. Nan's. Is she still there? But I thought she. I thought she was closing. No. What happened was, is she moved the shop to back behind the house. Oh, okay. Because it is indeed open. I haven't been there because COVID, but apparently it's lovely. And there's a place, a little bit of a place in Middleton now called the Smoke Emporium. Okay. Cool. It's got a little bit of a pagany shop out front, and it's also a place you can go and smoke pot. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I mean, it's all legal, you know, it's a place to go and hang out if that's what you're in. 2021. Yeah, so that's very, very interesting. Well, it has been lovely to be here tonight. Uh, If you have any questions or comments, you can certainly contact us on our Facebook page, Three Witches and a Druid. And anywhere you might see to give us those five stars and a thumbs up, we certainly like that as well. And until next time, everyone, merry meet. Merry part. And merry meet again. Blessed Blessed be. be. This has been Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Thanks for listening. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877 351 0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.